everybody. Welcome to the Lifetime Training Talks podcast. And I can't wait to bring you today's guest. She has walked in your shoes as an instructor, as a trainer, as a coach, as a manager, as a program manager, entrepreneur, facility owner with 25 years experience in the field and executive leadership, uh, fitness programming, training, you name it. And she is, and, and I'm very honored to bring to you the VP and general manager of IDEA, Miss Amy Thompson. Welcome to the show, Amy. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. appreciate it. Likewise. And I, you know, I, I can't thank you enough too. I'm a proud, you know, advisory board member on the, you know, for IDEA as well for God, almost six, seven years now. And uh, I can't thank you enough. It's been amazing with the contacts that we've been able to meet. And, you know, I, I just couldn't be happier for you. So thank you for coming on today. And uh, I look forward to talking about a whole lot of stuff fitness today. Yeah, that's great. And I think we first met through IDEA. So it's yep. it's perfectly suited that now I'm working here and you're serving on the committee because, exactly. you know, we worked in similar roles and IDEA was what brought us together in the network in networking. Absolutely. And, and you know, today is, is, you know, it's about your journey, but it's also about bringing more awareness to, you know, the benefits of things like we just talked about um, and, and how IDEA brings people together and really expands your network and, you know, so much more education and, and so on. So, you know, I would love for you to spend a little time, you know, talking about that journey. I mean, from collegiate sports to pro sports to a family in pro sports, you know, I, I think it's important for them to understand where you came from to, you know, how you got here today. Cause that's, you know, part of the main reason for the show is to, is to help people understand within our industry, whether you're at lifetime or not, you know, what careers can be made that you, I always say that you can retire from in this industry. So I'd love for you to share your story. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. So I'm one of 10 children, and usually that blows people's minds, but um, three of my brothers played football in the NFL, and they are my younger brothers. So I was the older sister pioneering and, and uh, setting a path for them to follow. But I found I'm almost six foot tall, and Back in the in the 90s, when I was coming out of high school, I realized that that was, you know, I, I gravitated towards sport. It was where I could thrive and it was my meal ticket to get out of the house so I could finally have my own bedroom, right? So I earned a scholarship to junior college to play. I played three sports in junior college. I, I was playing track and field as well, competing there. And then eventually went on to play division one basketball and volleyball. And um, at that time at my university, there was not a program for kinesiology. We didn't have a lot of the career paths as options to me that we have today, but we did have a strong PE and health uh, program. So I graduated with a degree to become a PE and health teacher. I minored in athletic training and really wanted to eventually become a basketball coach and tape ankles and be a mom and have babies. And that was my plan. But upon coming out of college, I started working as an assistant strength and conditioning coach at my own university with my own peers. And at the same time, I was bartending, going to massage therapy school, and I became a personal trainer at an all women's club down the street. That's so, called a hustler. Yes, that's the hustle. <laughs> I've always been a hustler. Um, so at that time, though, the contrast of those two training experiences, working with the athletes who I was one, so I'm saying this about myself, but I found them maybe more entitled and a little more spoiled than the women <laughs> that I got to work with who, you know, I was changing lives. I showed up and they wanted to be there. They were so eager. And I, I just felt the impact of what we were doing in that club. And it really 
really took me on a path to work in health clubs from there forward. Wow. And, and what clubs were you at again? At the Women's Club in Chantilly, Virginia. And I was at George Mason University as the, that was where I played sports and was an assistant strength coach. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. So, then, you know, as time went on, you know, you, you pretty much did everything, right? You, you know, you yes. trained, you coached, you general managed, you know, how did you see those transitions occur? Because, you know, in, in our industry, so often you get pushed into that if you do well as a trainer and sometimes that works out and sometimes that doesn't. Um, but how did you make sure that it worked out and what did you learn along the way? Yeah. So I moved to California and started a a premier club here in California, the sporting club at Aventine. And we really had a strong personal training program. I came right in, I was able to build a full-time clientele and I was working shoulder to shoulder with absolute rock stars in the industry. Um, Jorge Cruz, John Gary, Keita Pelli. Uh, these are people who are still legacy in the industry and they were my peers. So wow. we, um, it was, it was fun. It was challenging. I was always looking for opportunities in the club to bring my passion into my work. And so we had an available basketball court. So I started a basketball league and um, we actually ended up starting the national women's basketball league out of that health club because it was a passion of mine. And I was you know, trying to find things that that I wanted to do that would fill my time and help earn more money. Again, hustling, I guess yeah. you'd call it. Um, so those were what I was doing to generate income and supplement my personal training one-on-one sessions. But at one point, a personal training manager position opened up and I was tapped by my manager at the time to at least consider the opportunity and think about it. And to that point, I hadn't really thought about leadership or management. It was, you know, I was happy building my clientele and running the basketball leagues, et cetera. But I did take that leap. I I applied, I got the position. I moved from working with my peers to leading my peers. And that was really a point, a pivotal point in my career because I started to see that I was going to be able to have so much more impact on changing the lives of people by working with all of those talented trainers and the hundreds of clients they could reach. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. And so, you know, as you moved on, we kind of fast forward and the, the gap between there, and then I know that, you know, several years ago, you became the idea what, what, I forget the exact title and I don't want to butcher it if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's the fitness leader of the year. Yeah. Fitness leader of the year. Um, and that was right before, before the sale, right. Um, uh, of all of that happening. And then, you know, how did that impact your career? And let's talk about that because it's coming up here soon too. Yes. Yeah. So the idea award, so living in San Diego, it's the home of idea. So I was exposed to idea upon moving here in 1997. They were just down the street. Um, I started applying to speak at the events. I would attend every event. In fact, I've attended every Idea World convention except the two years my babies were born. Um, I, I started to, at one point, put my name in the hat for the award. And if you've gone through the process, the awards are very extensive. And these are not the types of awards where you put it on your social media and see how many votes you can get. These are awards that are voted on by your peers in the industry and the best in the in the business. So I would take that template, that application, and I would use it 
to guide and steer my career. And if, if I was weak in an area when I was filling that out, then I would use the next year to work on that area. Well, you know, if the, if the industry's best are doing this, why am I not doing that? So I really kind of used it as a template, but yes, the, the award, the fitness leader of the award, I had applied, um, gosh, I think nine times in 25 years and had uh, been a finalist several times, but it is near and dear to my heart. And now running the company, of course, is um, uh, definitely a, a pinnacle in my career. Yep. And, and again, goes back to that, that grit, resilience, keep going and, and going after something that you want, which is, is fantastic and which is needed in any industry, uh, let alone this one. So, you know, going through, you've, you know, we've all had our ups and downs. Nobody's trajectory in their career goes like this and without any dips. Um, what would you say was one of the more difficult things, uh, one or two, or, you know, that you had to overcome to get to where you are today, pretty much running one of the largest education resources, you know, in the world? Yeah. Well, it, it wasn't an easy path. And I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to share some of the failures because I do believe you learn through the failures. Um, so between the time I had moved to San Diego and took that first leadership job, I worked with several different companies and I've run personal training and group X for two large company club chains. And I, I learned a great deal during that time. But at some point, I began to see that the industry was changing and that the personal trainers that were coming to our clubs weren't maybe as uh, prepared or had come up in the same path that you and I probably grew up in in the industry, having go to college, get your certification, go get another certification. In fact, you know, add them up, the more the better, the more creds. But now people were coming to the industry from a lot of different points. So as franchises were emerging, we're getting fitness pros coming to the industry, but only knowing one template for fitness, only knowing one format. And they were coming to the clubs to work, but they really weren't prepared to work with clients A through Z. So I was taking this and and then, of course, wanting to grow and scale programs for my, my company at the time. I realized that I needed to go step away from what I had been doing for so many years and see what was happening in the industry and see how these other paths to fitness were uh, first attracting people to the industry. How were they training people in the industry? And what was the secret to programs like Les Mills, who I eventually worked with, who had been doing this for 25 years successfully. So I did, I left personal training and I left the club scene and I went to the supplier side of the business and learned a great deal about um, replication and scalability and global um, fitness. Yeah, and you know, Bless probably be one of the largest, if not the largest in being able to do something like that. That's fantastic. Um, so, you know, another thing in, and ironically, we're, we're recording this on March 1st, which I believe this month is, is national women's, uh, awareness month, I believe is what yeah. it's called. I can yeah. Um, but you know, obviously this is a male dominated industry and you've made it to, you know, one of the highest points, um, in the industry. And I would love for you to share, you know, your feelings about that and, you know, what you may have gone through and, you know, where we're at today and how you see it changing into the future. 
Yeah. So, you know, I, my observation is still that at the entry level of our industry, it's fairly balanced. Um, you'll tend to find more women in the group X department and you'll find more men in the PT department, but at that level, it it's pretty equal men to women. And, and it was as I was coming up in the industry as well, but um, as you want to advance in the industry, even today, it is still incredibly, there's an imbalance. So just two years ago, I was at a company event. There's a room of 100 CEOs and owners. There are zero persons of color and there are two women in the entire room. So to me, it's just that's evidence of where we still are today and some of the challenges that we have. But, you know, in when you're in growing up and having these challenges and trying to fight for everything you get in the industry, you you may not exactly realize that that there are these inequities. But um, looking back, I kind of think about it uh, the same way I think about playing basketball against men. It's that it's hard to get a fair game. They're either going to play so hard and aggressive and flagrant that there's no chance you're going to score on them, or they're going to be so hands-off and not want to touch you or, you know, play so soft because they're scared they're going to hurt your feelings. And so I use that analogy, you know, thinking about growing through the levels and into senior executive leadership and how many elbows I had to throw and how I had to earn respect by, um, you know, not only getting a seat at the table, but by giving other women a seat at the table. And, you know, still I had to have, I had to have a male ally in the room at the table who would, um, give me that, um, I guess, validation or, or, or validify what I was saying, um, a lot of times in my career. So, I think back to those examples and and I hope it's getting better for women now that we're we're learning and growing and providing more opportunity and more females like me are in seats like we are to empower future leaders uh, but I would just offer to your female listeners and also to your male listeners is that you know I had to find my own space I did have to keep achieving and really learning what my superpowers were and how to use them to my advantage in business yeah. And, and I can't agree with you more. I mean, you know, this is about you today, but just, you know, it, it's, it's about the people that are listening and understanding that the ability to reinvent yourself, the ability to fail, learn from that, don't see it that way and move forward. And I know it's hard when you're in the heat of the moment, I've had my ups and downs for sure. Um, and, and really, you know, something that our, our CEO always used to ask me and I never really hit me was what do you love, Jason? What do you love? And, you know, really taking the time to figure that thing out, because when you find it, you know, it, it's just like, you're not working a day in your life. You know, you That's are right. just moving forward and loving life and bigger than, you know, I got into this industry because I want to help people. Yeah. Everybody yeah. does, but, but go a little bit deeper. Um, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, any other, you know, things that you feel you had to overcome, you know, we, we, we kind of moved past the, the failure thing. And I didn't know if you had anything else that you could share with regards to something that really kind of maybe hit your rock bottom that, you know, really invented yourself maybe personally or, or professionally. Well, I can say as a leader leading through the pandemic, there have been many challenges. And <laughs> while we're still in it, I don't have a lot of uh, retrospect yet. But 
I'm sure there will be lots of books about leading through the pandemic and social justice change that needs to happen in our industry. And actually coming into, you know, Idea went through another acquisition this year. So being in my first year and being acquired by Pocket Outdoor Media, which is now outside brand, um, so many changes and so much incredible adversity that we've had to overcome as a team. You know, for the first time, we took our legacy in-person events to virtual events. And so now we're able to reach more and more fit profession, fitness professionals globally. We are doing events in China and in Korea and, um, you know, just so many challenges that come with that. But again, like you said, if, if knowing that your passion is to create impact and inspire the world to fitness, then you, you just keep digging in and you keep that grit and you keep finding ways to make it work or to adapt or to evolve. Yeah. And, and you know what I think is super important too. And, and, and just that, you know, we talked about this before we went on air is just all the people that we've learned from. And, and again, another reason for the, the podcast was to bring a lot of attention back to the people that have spent years and years and years transforming this industry and educating to a high level as opposed to, and, and again, I, I always say this, and I don't mean to bash the Instagram thing because there's a lot of people out there that have great Instagram that know what they're talking about. But on the flip side, I think it's a smaller percentage compared to everybody who's got 2 million followers and people are following them for fitness advice. And they might not be, they're doing what they did, you know, and maybe they haven't learned. So, you know, idea was one of the things that, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, helped me identify who some of these people are, as well as mentors that I've had that introduced me to the Paul checks and the Purvises and the Greg Roscoffs and all these different people, Gary Gray's. So I'd love to hear from you, you know, who, who were those early influencers in your life? And then, you know, let's transition that right into some of those people you're able to rub shoulders with right now because yeah. they're speaking at idea. Yeah. Well, so I first certified back to, I guess, 1995, when I came out of college, I certified with NSPA, which I don't even know if they exist anymore, but John Philbin started a certification company. And then I got certified with both of his certifications, the entry-level personal trainer, and then CS. CS, I believe it was, Certified Conditioning Strength Specialist or Conditioning Strength Coach. Then I moved to California and I got to be a proctor for that exam because they were still doing exams in person. So you had to do a written exam and you had to do a practical exam in person in order to become a personal trainer. And, and that was John Philbin's company. So um, later I did get certified with Paul Check. He's, he's a legend here in San Diego and actually had belonged to the club that I first worked at. And, um, and then I now keep my certification. I maintain my health coach certification through ACE because I found as, you know, I'm not actively training today, but I still find that trainers need that behavior modification and, um, really, you know, broadening their expertise to help their clients more meaningfully. So the ACE health coach has been important to me. But now it's phenomenal. Um, you know, again, having attended IDEA for all those years, I feel like these, these legends in the industry, like we, I feel like they're my brothers and sisters. Like we would only see each other once a year sometimes, but we grew up together. 
we didn't have social media and we didn't have a lot of ways to stay connected between live events. So it was, you know, when email came along, that was genius. <laughs> like before that, it was all phone calls or I'll see you at idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm glad you talked about that because I did start a networking group early in 2007. And it was a result of exactly that, like wanting to stay connected with my peers, suppliers, anyone in the industry between live events. And so today that is, it's called Fitness Professionals Networking Group. Uh, we used to do in-person events at IDEA and at URSA and every time we could get together. And we do them now through LinkedIn. We have conversations going and it's just a free place for people to connect and to share and to, um, to network. That's fantastic. Well, and, and so now transitioning into, you know, we've got, um, when this airs in, in about four or five days, we have the, you know, personal training Institute, uh, virtual event that's on March 5th through the 7th. Um, can you explain a little about, you know, what people can expect, you know, how do they go about it? You know, CECs, who's going to be there, all that kind of thing. I'd love to. So Idea Personal Trainer Institute was, um, this is its first year of being virtual. Last year, we did the event, we came home and got locked down for the pandemic. So this event was is typically held in Alexandria, Virginia. It really attracts the veteran personal trainer. So there are things for a group instructor, there are things for an entry-level trainer, but this event really attracts seasoned veteran personal trainers, as well as business owners, studio owners who are coming to learn from the best. So you will find content that is focused around the trainers, the personal trainers career. Um, You will, there are CECs. So when you attend the event, you'll get your CECs. And in the virtual environment, you get to the beauty of popping between room to room. So, you know, at a live event, you, you're scared to get up and leave if you don't like it, but in the virtual (laughs) event, you can pop around and listen to all of them, which is kind of cool. Um, And so that event is Saturday and Sunday, March 6th and 7th. And we have pre-cons on Friday the 5th, if you are interested in the pre-cons. And I have extended a discount code to all of your audience. So um, if you jump in and register, I think it it saves you a nice 20 bucks, which helps everything helps, especially this year. Yeah, that's awesome. And and can you name a couple of the people that, you know, they would you know, they're able to see, I know we'll have links in the, in the story notes and, or in the podcast notes, but um, I think just knowing that, and I know that uh, when this airs the next day, I've got Pete Holman, who I know is going to be there as yeah. well. Um, and, and his podcast is going to release, uh, but he's, I know one that's going to you know be there as well. Yeah. So Pete Holman, we have Petra Kolber, we have Katrina Pilkington, who's relatively new on the scene that idea introduced last summer. Um, a couple other newcomers, we really have been trying to broaden our audience of pres- our presenters, our faculty. Um, we've got Fabio Kamana, we've got, um, uh, let me think, Dan McDonough, um, who else? The list goes on. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry if yeah, I haven't I mentioned your name, <laughs> but you on, the spot. on and on and on and on. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Cool. All right. And then, you know, then the big daddy comes in and, and yes. again, anybody will, will have the notes, you know, so you could sign up, click the links and, and you'll be able to get access to that, uh, which is fantastic. But then the, the, the Mac daddy, the big daddy is the ideal world convention, which this year again is virtual. Um, and that's on July 8th through the 11th. And, and that's when the awards come. Can you explain, you know, what that's about and, you know, how to get involved in that one as well? Yeah. So this event, so we did do a virtual last year, the in-person event has about 
335 presenters compared to, uh, sorry, sessions compared to a virtual event has, I think we're coming with 65 sessions this summer. So you're going to get three full days of education. We have content that is catered toward club and studio owners. We have content catered toward nutrition and behavior change, and then the content for personal training and group instruction. So there is something for everyone. There is an expo where you can virtually take advantage of a lot of discounts and perks, and you can meet with suppliers and vendors and learn about everything that's new in the industry. Um, the networking, we found lots of ways to keep the, the powerful networking going in a virtual capacity with happy hours and get-togethers. And then, like I said, just the best of the best in the industry by way of presenters will be there providing education. And, you know, this given the last 12 months that we've had, a lot of our content is really to help you think about your business differently and take advantage of the opportunities that have presented themselves for us to truly reach more people and try to get more people moving and, um, you know, help them with the mental health challenges that are going to come from this and, and everything we need to be successful in 2021 and beyond. Well, and you know, it's, it's again, another theme that I try to keep within the you know, these podcasts, especially for the younger listeners, or even maybe some of the people who've been at it for a while. When I say younger, I don't mean in age, I just mean in the industry. Um, in that, you know, if you're not where you need to be or where you want to be in your career, you know, you, you mentioned behavior modification, you you mentored, uh, mentioned mental health. And, and I always say that, you know, when we in the 90s, 80s, when you were a trainer, you were a bodybuilder. And, you know, and then all of a sudden guys like Paul check, Gary gray, Mike Clark, these guys who are all, you know, physical therapy types or physical therapists. And, you know, we, we started to do corrective exercise. And then after we did corrective exercise and it started to get into more nutrition and you could do a lot more than what was told to us back in the day that you couldn't say anything is in nutrition, then behavior modification, mental health and the scope within the scope, the scope has changed and how people are coming to us. I have this frog in my throat. I don't know what's going on right now either. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but, you know, the industry has changed and those that have changed with it and evolved with it. Now it's virtual and online programming, you know, to do all of those things that we just talked about. That's the person who's truly going to make it, you know, a very successful career, you know, have the balance and, and really make it and change a lot of lives. So I'm glad that you've mentioned that. I just love bringing that all together to, to, to see, and who knows where it's going to go into the future. Yeah. yeah I, I would tell my trainers in my clubs all the time, you know, not to be a one trick pony, like start with what you know and be good at that. And then constantly be learning. You are always learning in this industry and things change the science there's more science that teaches us different things, but you've, you've got to be deliberate about your learning path and really have to own that and, and be responsible for it. And if you're not continuing your journey and learning, then you're stale. You're not doing your clients a service day after day if you're not staying fresh and on top of all this emerging science. Yeah. As well as then, you know, obviously understanding the business side of it, you know, yes. which is where a lot of people stray and, and they get caught up in this mental block that, you know, there's something bad about, you know, having a business or asking for money or whatever the case right. may be. Well, you know, the, the other thing before we kind of dive into, I know there's been some changes, not changes, but some evolving involvements uh, with uh, idea 
but I'd love for you to give the audience to just, just some feedback that you may have heard. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit um, from the previous virtual uh, world. You know, what, what did you hear? What, what did they like about it? You know, what, what is different? Um, it, well, I love people love that they could listen while they're walking their dog or hanging out between clients and um, you can replay what you miss. So in a virtual environment, you're going to have access to the entire event. So you can come back and listen to it, uh, which means again, you can hear every session in every room. So that's a definite perk for any fit pro who is just, you know, want, wants to attend things that are at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got good feedback about that and really people really love where we had lots of experts coming in and sharing opinions like on panels. So, um, you know, panels, we try to pack these events with as many CECs as possible. So we can't do too many panels, but we know that those resonate with our fit pros. And then, you know, like I said, just finding meaningful ways to network and feel like you are connected to your fitness family was really the best feedback that we got is, you know, at a time when we can't be together physically, we have these wonderful virtual options to bring us together to further inspire each other. And and that's really IDEA's job. That's our role in the industry is to fill your bucket so you can go back out and do a great job. Um, You know, we're here to listen to you when you get down and we're here to fill your bucket when you need lifting up. So so that was probably the biggest highlight of having our virtual event. That's fantastic. So, you know, to round it out and, and God, this has been great and really appreciate you explaining all this, you know, to the listeners and hopefully they all take advantage of it. Um, but what's in store, you know, for idea as we move forward, I know you mentioned there was a, a you know, I, I saw recently some stuff on social media with some more brands that are now involved yes. and I- explain what's going on there. Yeah. So um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Idea Health and Fitness, we are an association. We are in our 39th year of business, and we really are not only an event company, we are a continuing education company. We're a media company. So we are a membership-based company, and our members have access to unlimited CECs that some of them are from these conferences. Some of them, we put some of the these presenters in studio and bring you courses and CECs and continuing education. But we also have five publications that are trade association um, literature magazines. So Idea Fitness Journals are best known, but we have a business journal, we have a nutrition journal, and these are publications that our members have access to. And um, and then, you know, we have a community of 275,000 fit pros across 80 countries. So we really are a large entity, but our, our mission is to inspire the world to fitness, as I said. Um, so what you we were acquired by a larger media company that is now called Outside, and it includes uh, trusted brands like Outside Magazine, like Ski Magazine, like Yoga Journal, Oxygen Magazine, Muscle and Performance. So our uh, backpacker and the list goes on about these are all active lifestyle brands that are perfectly suited for our fit pros to be in front of. So that's how these brands all come together as we all serve the active enthusiast and the, and pros. So. That's fantastic. Well, you know, I can't thank you enough for, for being on again and, you know, letting people know and trying to, you know, get this word out and, and, and sharing your story of, you know, how you've gone from basically, college trainer all the way through to where you are today. And that's a super inspiring story, you know, 
by itself, let alone, you know, overcoming the whole challenge of, you know, doing it as a female as well. So congratulations to you, Amy. Anything else that you want to share with the audience before we leave? Um, Just lastly, I would love to say, you know, I was a member at the Centennial Colorado location and many of my colleagues are GMs at Lifetime. So bravo to your brand, to your clubs. My family loved it. It was our retreat. We swam there. We ate there. We trained there. So you guys are doing a really, really great job. And I just wanted to say congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amy. And it's been a blast and I can't wait to jump in this weekend and, you know, get into the ideal world and and honestly can't wait till we get back to that live deal, hopefully in 2022. So thank you so much, Amy. You're welcome. Thank you. 